All right. Luke 16. Luke 16. And we'll read verses 1 through 14. It says this, Luke 16, verses 1 through 14. Say this in the Word of God. Amen. Luke 16. It says this, And he said also unto his disciples, There was a certain rich man which had a steward. Amen. I think every rich man ought to have a steward working for him. Amen. And the same was accused unto him that had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. <laughs> then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig <laughs> to beg. I am ashamed. Well, we need more people to think that, right? <laughs> it seems like people aren't ashamed to beg anymore. I am resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his lord's debtors unto him, and said unto the first, How much owest thou unto my lord? And he said, An hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, Take thy bill, and sit down quickly, and write fifty. Then said he to another, And how much owest thou? And he said, An hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto him, Take thy bill, and write fourscore. And the Lord commended the unjust steward, because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And I say unto you, Make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when ye shall fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitation. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the righteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon. Verse 14. And the Pharisees also, who were covetous, heard all these things, and they derided him. Let us pray again. Heavenly Father, again we come before you through the blood and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, Lord, we pray over these uh, requests. Lord, we do think of our missionaries uh, tonight where they are. We think of a special uh, prayer for the uh, family in South Africa, dear God, that you would touch that dear sister, touch that family. And Lord, just uh, Lord, let them feel your presence in a real and mighty way there. Lord, again, we think of Lisa and Lynn. As they're traveling, Lord, please keep them safe. And Lord, just help uh, uh, Lisa to continue to heal. Help Sister Pam con to continue to heal. And uh, Lord, others that have been uh, had physical needs among us. Lord, we think of those traveling. Lord, be with uh, David, Sister Karen, uh, Lord Renata and family. And uh, Lord, we think of John and Lydia that have been traveling also. Your hand upon them. And uh, Lord, I pray for those that might have uh, financial needs tonight. Lord, looking for that job, the young people as they seek direction in jobs and school and in other things that they're facing at their age and stage, please be with them. And uh, Lord, special prayer for Sister Muxlow tonight. And then, then we think of the passing of their nephew, Lord, please uh, uh, be with uh, the extended uh, family there. And uh, Lord, again, Lord, we just thank you that we can meet together as your church. And Lord, help us to continue to grow in the things of God that you'd get the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we look at this uh, familiar portion of Scripture, 
And uh, think about uh, one sentence that stands out. Now think about it, that uh, God would give us a, a test and it just has one question. And that one question would be, are you faithful? Are you faithful in that which is least? In that which is least. Again, notice the story given here in uh, Luke 16. And it's, of course, uh, given, uh, of course, to teach us a great truth. Now, uh, you notice that uh, at the beginning there, let me turn back there, that the first word uh, in the chapter is and. Now, of course, he just uh, finished talking about three stories there in 15, right? About the lost sheep, the lost coin, and then the lost son. And uh, now uh, he goes on and he, he's talking to his disciples and trying to teach them a story. And, of course, there's uh, Pharisees and others there. And so trying to teach the, the, the importance of, of doing uh, uh, properly concerning finances, as we'll see here. So uh, a parable is always there to give us a good earthly truth, a good earthly teaching. And he says here, he that is faithful in that which is uh, least. So a rich man, of course, he had the steward, and the steward uh, was supposed to his job to take care of the, the rich man's things, and we know that he didn't do a good job doing that. He didn't do a good job doing that. So uh, everything that he was responsible for didn't belong to him, but belonged to the master. And, of course, we know there's a spiritual meaning there uh, for us, that everything we have is from the hand of the master, and we have to remember that. And he gives us opportunity uh, uh, to care for it. And that word least means small, minimal in quantity, low in importance. And so uh, remember uh, that thought there. He that does, takes care of that which may not seem important or doesn't uh, really seem like much, but yet, it, because it's from the hand of the master, uh, we need to uh, be faithful with it. But let's go ahead and uh, look at uh, verse 8 there which again says this, and the Lord commended, we know what he did, he, he got found out, he wasn't doing right, and so he called in uh, people that owed the master, and uh, one, he cut his bill in half, another one, he cut 20% uh, uh, off and such, and then uh, the steward, the, the master finds out and says this to him in verse 8, and the Lord commended the unjust steward, which sounds kind of interesting, because he had done wisely, for the, and notice this statement, for the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. Sounds like he's saying, hey, hey, you believers, <laughs> you know what? These people out here in the world are wiser than you are. I mean, that's what he, that's what he just said. That's kind of an interesting statement. Now, it says he had done wisely. So if you look at this in the service, it seems like, man, this guy's uh, pretty smart. But notice he was commended for doing wisely. What wasn't he commended for? He wasn't commended for doing right. <laughs> he was commended for doing wisely, but he wasn't commended for doing right. So you know what? He still lost his job. <laughs> he still lost his job. At the end of the day, even though he was commended for doing wisely, he wasn't commended for doing right. He still lost his job. Now notice it says they are wiser. Now, of course, the context here is stewardship. And, of course, uh, one area of stewardship for us is our personal finances. So think about that thought, our personal finances. Now, do, do notice this. When it sounds like he's commended the people of the world, notice he added this. For the children of the world are in 
their generation. Why? Because that's what they're limited to. They're limited to only what they do within their generation or what they're alive. Whatever they do can only be affected while they're alive. And of course, the things that we do hopefully have an eternal value. They extend beyond our generation. And that's what we have to realize. Are we living for time or eternity? Well, they're living for time. And so they're trying to be wise in their generation, trying to be wise and do what benefits them uh, in this life. But of course, the children of light are supposed to have uh, another wisdom and are supposed to be thinking toward the eternal side of things. So they're only limited to what uh, they can do in their generation. But notice it says they are often wiser in worldly manners than we are in heavenly matters. And so it says the children of light, you know, and I, and I think sometimes, uh, uh, though our intention might be right, I think sometimes we tend to over-spiritualize things. Now, that sounds funny, doesn't it? How can you over-spiritualize something? Well, you can't be too spiritual, but you can't over-spiritualize uh, 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 something. You know, because the Bible is there to guide us in decision-making. Thank God for that. And, of course, we should pray about the decisions we make and about things. But the Lord also gave us a brain for making decisions. Right? He gave us a brain and wisdom for making decisions. And not that we're relying upon ourselves. Of course, you know, we should be guided uh, through the Word of God in prayer, but He did give us the ability to make uh, decisions. And so, you know, if you're hungry, for example, if you're hungry, you don't have to pray about eating, you know? But some people, you know, they're, they're you know, so, well, you know, just because I'm hungry, I don't want to act on, you know, feeling. I don't want to act. I mean, I'm using that as an example, but some people do get, you know, that, <laughs> that, that, that spiritual in some areas. Well, no, if you're hungry, you don't have to pray about eating. Just pray over your food when you do eat, right? It's a good thought. You know, the Bible tells us how uh, uh, to work. You know, we should, if, we, if we have a need, we shouldn't have to pray about working. But, you know, how many people have I, I, I met? And uh, it, I think of a young man I, I, I know right now. And every time I tell him, you have a job? Well, I'm waiting on the Lord. Well, I'm, you know, waiting on the Lord. I have other people I, I talk to that I know have needs and say, well, you know, uh, you know, do you know what you're going to do yet? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on the Lord. You know, that, that sounds uh, spiritual, but, you know, uh, if you know you have a need, the Bible has already told you that you need to work. So, you know, just pray about the job. I believe the Lord is a dot connector, as I say. Pray that he'll make that uh, a connection. But, you know, the Bible does say that people are supposed uh, 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 to work, right? We all know that the joke about the, the guy whose place was flooding and, you know, he kept saying, I'm, I'm waiting on the Lord, you know, and then he gets, gets up to heaven and, man, Lord, you really made me look bad. I told everybody you were going to help me. And he says, well, I sent by two boats and a helicopter, right? Well, some people are about like that. You know, they're, they're waiting on the Lord and the Lord's bringing all this stuff in front of them and around them and uh, they're over-spiritualizing. But the people, and the Bible does teach us to do things decently and in order, so uh, we, need to, we need to seek to be wise in the spiritual sense while still doing right. Now, they, he said they, they, they were wise in their generation, but yet it was more about a worldly wisdom. But on the other hand, speaking of finances, sometimes uh, they are, you know, uh, people are wise in their finances and they invest. And, 
uh, and, you know, do their 401k and, and, and all those things, you know, when they have a job. Well, you know, sometimes uh, Christians get the thought that, oh, well, you know, it's, it's wrong to be rich or it's wrong to invest and it's wrong to, you know, think ahead. But no, the Bible talks again, talks about doing things decently and in order. And there's nothing wrong with having a, a good job. There's nothing wrong with having a, a, a good education. Of course, you, again, you need to pray about those things. But, you know, when I hear, uh, you know, like I think of, uh, uh, you know, people uh, here, you know, that have gone on and got, gotten a, a good education or have gotten certified for things and are uh, working hard to do that. That's, that's great. Hey, you know, even, uh, you know, I, I know uh, I have friends, you know, and I don't want to, uh, I'll chase this rabbit for a second, but I know, I know friends, you know, that uh, they say, well, no, um, you know, I want my daughter to become a homemaker and that, and I don't think she needs to go to college and stuff like that. And, you know, and I think, well, you know, that's, that, that's your decision. But, you know, I, I, I want, my prayer was that, hey, I hope my, I hope my daughter's meet a, a good man. I hope he's a hard worker. And I hope that, you know, uh, you know she can stay home and uh, she can take care of the house and she can take care of the kids. And, you know, uh, I, think, I think that's the right thing. I think that's the right thing. But also, knowing that the world we live in, and this is not trusting the Lord, I wanted each of my girls to have an, have an education. I wanted my girls to at least learn something, and, and I'm glad my, my, my daughters aren't lazy. Why? Well, because, you know, I know that, that, that uh, men, men can be uh, goofballs, right? And, uh, you know, I look at, you know, I look at my own uh, mother, you know, my, my dad takes off when, uh, when I was four years old, I was youngest of four. Here's my mom sitting on welfare, living in the project in Dallas, Texas with four kids, you know, and, uh, no, ed no education. Fortunately, she got into a program that helped her go to school and become a nurse. And she got, became a nurse. She got off welfare and she was a nurse, uh, uh the rest of her life. But you know, that's, again, that's using wisdom. That's using a guidance that doesn't, you know, and still staying within the biblical thing, right? Hey, if a woman has an education and she meets a good man, well, what's the biblical thing? Stay home, take care of the kids, you know, cover, cover the house. I think that's biblical principle. But that doesn't mean that we can't use wisdom as an example, you know, within that. And so moving on from that, but there's a good example there about seeking the Lord, uh, wisdom in decision-making. But we'll see more about that in a moment. Again, our finances, our finances. Look at verse 14. We see about these Pharisees. They were covetous, right? The Pharisees also who were covetous. Covetous, that means loving things or desiring things that are not yours or just want more something because you're not satisfied with what you have. Covetousness, the problem, right, isn't usually what we have, but our heart about what we have. The Pharisees thought they were holy, but they coveted. And of course, coveting is a sin. Coveting is a sin. And so he's trying to teach these Pharisees a lesson. Uh, it was one of the, it was mentioned in the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20, 17. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. So here these Pharisees and these scribes were supposed to know the Word of God, but yet they had a heart that went against the Word of God. Paul said this about covetousness. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said Thou shalt not covet. 
Ephesians 5, 3, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become us saints. And so, of course, the opposite of covetousness is contentment. 1 Timothy 6, 8, And having food and raiment, let us be therewith uh, content. And again, there's nothing wrong with uh, seeking to have a better job, seeking to have a better education, but it's your purpose in doing that and the desire of your heart uh, while you're doing that. You know, uh, uh, not trying to, because you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, but you're praying about things and the Lord opens the door of opportunity and you take advantage of the a door the Lord's opened. So the Bible clearly teaches us not only to be wise with if we're responsible for somebody else's finances, but to be wise in how we use our own finances. And we'll see more about that here in a minute. Look at verse 9. He says, I say unto you, this, this is an interesting verse here. That's, uh, and then when you, you, you study it, you see what it, what it means here. It says, I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of a mammon of unrighteousness, that when ye fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitation. Let's look at that again slowly. I say unto you, make to yourself friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when ye fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitation. That word mammon means wealth, possessions, earnings, things of material value, right? Uh, 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 is what it means, wealth. So what it's saying here is by means of your possessions... Use your finances. This is what this verse is saying. This is actually a good soul winning verse. This is actually a good missions verse. You never thought about this, but this is actually a good missions verse or soul winning verse. This, ver this is what this verse is teaching. By means of your possessions, use your finances to win people to Christ, and those people will meet you on the other side in glory. What a think about that thought. Use your resources to get people to Christ, and those people that you get to Christ will meet you on the other side in glory. Notice that statement, when you fail. When you fail, that word fail there means when you die. That's what the word means, when you die. That is when your life fails or when your life stops. So uh, it says, so look at this thought here. I say unto you, make to yourself friends, right? Right now they're our enemies, right? They're the enemies of God. And when they get saved, what do they do? They become the friends of God and they become our friends. And this says, of the mammon of unrighteousness. So what, that, that is the material things. There's nothing righteous about material things, Right? And so that, that when you fail, that is when your life ends, when your life fails, when you die, they, who's the they? Your friends that you've made. They will what? Receive you into everlasting habitation. So if you think there, if you look at this verse, there's wonderful teachings and wonderful thought in this verse. Matter of fact, notice what it says here. Notice the word. There's a, there's a key word in this verse. And that key word is receive. Receive. Say, why? Look back at verse 4. What was the unjust steward? Why did he do what he did? Why did he, Before we look at it, somebody tell me, 
why he did what he do. Why did he do that? Why did he go to one guy and say, hey, cut yours 50%? He went to another guy and he said, cut yours 20%. Why did he do that? Right. Look at what verse 4 says. Look at what verse 4 says. I am resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me, what? Into their house. So, of course, he's thinking temporary. He's like, hey, you know what I want? I, I want people that when I show up, they're going to receive me gladly into their house. They're going to receive me gladly into their house. But you know what's better than somebody gladly meeting you at the door and receiving you into their house? You know what's better than that? Even though, of course, we enjoy it when we go to somebody's house and they do that. We're glad when they meet us at the door and they receive us gladly into their home. But what's better than that is the eternal aspect of that, is when somebody meets you at the gate of heaven and receives you gladly into the, uh, the heaven or into the house of God, however you want to look at it, right, and receives you up there and says, hey, the reason I'm here is because you used your possessions to make an investment in my life. That's what this, that's a, a wonderful teaching from this verse. You, instead of just thinking temporal, you and just thinking, instead of thinking like the world, you made an investment in my life. And because of your investment, this is why I'm here. And I'm glad, amen, that I can greet you here in heaven. And that's exactly into everlasting habitation. Jesus teaches us that using spiritual wisdom, and doing what is right, we might be welcomed in heaven by others that we have helped. You see, your money, we know your money can't go with you, right? We say that all the time, right? We've been to a lot of funerals. Not once did we see a, a, a U-Haul or anybody's, uh, you know, you heard about the, uh, the, the rich guy uh, that said that uh, he wanted to be buried with all of his money. So he, he, told, he told his lawyer he said, uh, uh, make sure I'm buried with all, all, uh, all of uh, my money. And so uh, uh, when, when the guy died, the guy was laying there in the casket. And you know what his lawyer did? He came in and he said, well, if we put all the money in there, it's going to be too heavy. So he wrote a check and stuck it in there. Right? That's a lawyer, right? So he wrote a check and stuck it in there. Right? We know you can't take it with you. But that is in one way you can't take it in you, but in another way you can take it with you. You can take it with you by investing it in spiritual things, by investing it in people's lives. Your money can't meet you or go with you on the other side. But what you use it for can meet you on the other side, right? It can meet you on their side. You see, it says, they may receive you. Those, sa those saved by means of your assistance can meet you on the other side. Mammon of unrighteousness, right? There's no righteousness in money or possessions, but they can be used for righteous purposes, right? <laughs> money isn't righteous. Your things aren't righteous, but you can use your money for righteous purposes. This goes along with 2 Corinthians 8 and 7 and 8, I think, which say this, 2 Corinthians 8, 7, 8, which are verses we use a lot of times in missions. Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. And what's that grace? The grace of giving. I speak not by commandment, right, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. A great way to prove the sincerity of your love is how you use your finances wisely, 
like the Bible teaches, and how you use your finances, right, to, to take care of yourself, to take care and service of the Lord. And so what a, I think what a, what, a, what a great thought that is. This dishonest steward cared nothing for his Lord and stole from him. And, of course, the, the, he represents the way the Pharisees uh, thought about things. They were covetous. So Christ said, make yourselves friends of the mammon, that when you die, they'll welcome you into everlasting habitation. So when we die, they will welcome us into heaven, and they will rejoice because we gave. Think about uh, think uh, uh, about that as you, as you give to the service of the Lord. And then finally, we see our faith, our finances, our friendships, our faith. Verse 10 says this, again, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in that which is much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. You know, uh, David is, a, I think King David's a good example of the lesson of this story. He was faithful with a little and receive much. Now, a lot of times we just think about money, but it doesn't always have to be money. Remember, least means minimal, uh, small in quantity. So it doesn't have to be uh, just money, even though we might say, yeah, I can identify with small quantity of money, right? But, you know, uh, it, 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 can, uh, it can apply uh, to a, a, a servant of God being faithful in a small church. It can apply uh, to a Sunday school class. It can apply just to like uh, this week. Right. Uh, certainly we wish we would have had more kids. But you know what? Everybody was faithful. Right. This was a good example in VBS. What do we have this week? We saw a church being faithful with those that uh, showed up. They, they didn't say, oh, well, uh, uh, you know, I, I, an example, uh, uh, Sharon and Eric didn't have anybody show up uh, for their, their class. But you know what? They were they were here every night. Uh, I'm not just saying that that's because my daughter and son-in-law, but I'm glad it's my daughter and son-in-law. But, you know, but that, that's an example. But you know what? They still showed up every night. And then, and then they, at the week they told me of what a blessing they got uh, from VBS. And then some of the others, they only had maybe one or two in their class. But, you know, uh, Brother Mark, I think you had two boys in your class. But yet he was, he was faithful uh, every night in teaching them. And then others were uh, faithful in the kitchen. Right. And uh, uh, the McLean's, I mean, look at all they, they had all those crafts out there and they did. You know, uh, I, I, today I saw Sister McLean putting a lot of stuff up for VBS. And you know what? I, I, I didn't walk in and say, man, who is that grumbling? Who, what, who is that down there? I went down and she's in there. Oh, I did all that work. And that. No. What did I see? What I always see when I walk into the room with Sister McLean, I see somebody smiling. I see somebody just glad to be serving the Lord and then putting up the things faithfully so that uh, uh, they'll be ready for the next time for VBS. And what was she doing? She was being faithful in something to the world look like little, but yet, amen, it meant much to the Lord. So you know what? I'd say, the Lord says, that's somebody that I could trust with much. David is a good example. And again, it wasn't money. It, was, it started out as sheep. Right. It's, you remember what happened when David showed up right before he killed Goliath, what his brother said, First Samuel 17, 28. It says, and Eliab, his elder brother, heard when he spake unto the man and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, why camest thou down hither? And he said this, with whom hast thou left those few sheep? Hey, little David. Can you see your, can you see your brother? Well, if you know my brothers, 
right? That's how they would be. Hey, Jeff, who'd you, you know, hey, David, who'd you leave those few sheep with, huh? Meh. Huh? Probably, I guess, you know how brothers are, Meh. messing with him like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine when he was king? Huh? I looked at him. I'm sure David didn't do this, but I would have done. I would say, who's laughing now? Huh? Right? And what did he say? But he was a faithful shepherd of a small flock, and what became the shepherd of God's flock? Because he was faithful in the least, right? Just a handful. He became the shepherd of God's flock, Israel, as their king. It says in 2 Samuel 5, 5, In Hebron he reigned over Judah seven years and six months, and in Jerusalem he reigned 30 and three years over all Israel and Judah. Why? Because God looked down, he saw that faithful shepherd over a few sheep, when that lion showed up, he said, man, I'm not putting my life on the line for just a few sheep. He took out the lion. When that bear showed up, he didn't say, oh, I'm not putting my life on the line for just a few sheep. He took out, he took out that lion and he took out that bear. And so that's why God used him to take out that giant for all the nation of Israel. And so uh, what a wonderful example we see in David there. So uh, uh, we see that. So listen, uh, uh, young people, listen, you say, well, you know, I'd like to. Listen, most people that are CEOs of, of, of companies didn't start off. How many times you hear a story? A guy's a CEO or he's a vice president. Oh, man, he started off in the mailroom or uh, he started off as this or he started off in that. But he was faithful and worked their way up. It says here, as we get ready to finish up, verse 13. No servant can serve two masters, for either they will hate the one and love the other, or else they will hold to the one and despise uh, the other, or else you cannot serve God and mammon. See, we need to consider here faith and faithfulness, right? God blesses our faith, and when we, when we show faith in the least amount, then God can increase our faith for doing more. As we do what is right with the least, we are doing right with that which is much. Use what God has placed in your hands for his glory. See, notice what it said there again, young people. No servant can serve two masters. Young people, you might as well realize this. Whether you realize it or not, in life, you're going to be a servant. You're going to be a servant. That is not the question. The question is to who or what you're going to be servant to. Is it going to be uh, to things or is it going to be to the Lord? I think it's a great thing to be a servant. I mean, one of my most famous uh, lines is, hey, I know I realize one day I'm never going to have a master's degree, so I've dedicated my life to getting a servant's degree. Amen? <laughs> I just didn't know. You know, uh, you know I thought it'd take this long. You know? It's great. You can get a master's degree in a few years you got to work the rest of your life to get a servant's degree. If our faith, if our faith is not right, our finances will not be right. We know we need to have our faith right, but we also need to have our finances right. And let God use them, like it says there, whether it's for, for sustaining the church, whether it's supporting missionaries, whether it's, to, you know, not even in that, but taking someone out. There's somebody you've been trying to witness to, you know, I mean, you see him at work, you try to leave a track there, or you, you talk to him when you can, maybe at lunch break on work, whatever you thought about taking him outside of work, inviting him uh, in the evening to a meal or on a Saturday uh, to a coffee and using your resources for something like that to witness or minister to them. Or maybe you, you have, you, there's a need you know somebody has, and so you anonymously give or you, or you do something to help them out. 
Boy, what, what, a, what a wonderful thing. What a wonderful thing. Again, a lot of times we think we're sitting here and, you know, we're, 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 we're part of this. But again, if you stay faithful and do right with your faith, do right with your finances, I, I guarantee you, you're going to be amazed when you get on the other side, how many people are there and going to be glad to greet you. Hey, are you part of that Choice Hills Baptist Church? Yeah, uh, I got saved through the ministry of the Masons. Thank you for supporting the Masons or whatever it is that God used that. Whatever you have, use it wisely. Use it wisely. Don't let those people out there be wiser than you, right? Take care of yourself, of course. We know God wants us to take care of our families, but also using it for the Lord. Okay, two more verses from 2 Corinthians 8, verses 14 and 15. Remember this. When they were out there and they were, uh, they were gathering, it says this, but by an equality, that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. As is written, he that hath gathered much had nothing over, and he that had gathered little had no lack. And so that's how we want it to be. Listen, uh, at the end of the the day, we know that, hey, if if we have something to leave to our children, our children's children, that's a blessing. The Bible even talks about that. But but, uh, uh, to use it for the Lord's service, what a wonderful thing. What a wonderful thing uh, that is. So let us remember this. God's children are not to have the same attitude toward finances that the world has toward finances. Money in itself is neither good or evil, but what we do with the money is the issue. Listen, I'm not trying to keep up with the Joneses socially or spiritually, amen? Just doing what the Lord would have me to do. God has placed money and finances in our hands to give to the cause of Christ so that the souls might be saved. Well, I was thinking about, you know, uh, how long has it been since uh, a Sister Vi passed away. But look at that. Uh, because of what, what the Lord allowed her to do, she's still reaping for that. Hey, hey uh, uh, can you, I, I, I believe that, you know, uh, the things, you know, able to fix up Sunday school rooms, able to do some other things. And so I, I believe every time another blessing uh, comes through, I think, you know, uh, uh, the other day when uh, 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 Zach uh, got saved, man, hey, I think Vi heard about it. I really do. Everybody else heard about it, so we know Vi heard about it. Hey, 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 Vi, just want you to know you're still reaping benefits. You're still, hey, got somebody else that's going to greet you when they get here, right? Because you used uh, your resources for the Lord. So, hey, Vi, just want you to know that somebody else is going to be coming up uh, to greet you uh, when they get here. What a wonderful thought that is. And so, as we do what is right with the least, the earthly things, we are doing what is right with the much. Because that much, that little thing, right, is being added. Our handful is being added to the other handfuls. Amen. Is, and God is multiplying that and bringing glory to himself and blessings to us. So remember what God has placed in your hands. Amen. Be faithful with it. Don't let an old uh, crooked uh, steward be wiser than us. You got to watch those stewards, man. I'm telling you, you got to watch those stewards. I know a lot of them. You got you to gotta watch them. 
Be wiser than them. Amen. Be wise and, uh, and, and do right. And boy, when you get on the other side, say, yeah, I know it's nice when somebody greets you at the door at a house down here. But how much more when you get to the other side and somebody's going to greet you on the other side and say, thank you for your faithfulness and being faithful to that which is least. And because you did that, I'm here. Hey, you never got to go to the Philippines. Amen. But amen. What you did for the Lord did. Hey, you never got to go to Cambodia, but what you did for the Lord did. Hey, you never got to uh, 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 go uh, to this place or that place, but because you were faithful to the Lord, uh, your resources did. And because they did, that's why I'm here today. Let's pray.